Hey, beer nerds, welcome to the podcast. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2016. Many breweries down and, and many more to go. I think we're on episode 19 by now. I'm switching things up a little bit more today. I'm speaking with uh, Billy Clifton from Backroom Brewery, and then I'm speaking with uh, Nick Floyd of Three Floyds in Indiana. Uh, in the former, we talk a lot about hops with uh, Billy Clifton at Backroom Brewery, and then, uh, then we talk um, a little bit about the beverage industry and, and the, the origin of uh, Three Floyds as a brewery uh, later on. And also, Nick um, kind of discloses a couple of his, um, uh, his most favorite underrated breweries in Indiana, which might interest some of you to see what he's interested in. Uh, as always, thank you for liking and sharing and listening and doing all those things that make me look good. I am now joined by Billy Clifton. She is the owner of the Backroom Brewery located in Milltown, Virginia, uh, located in the in the, uh, the Shenandoah Valley, I believe, the, that region. Um, Billy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mike? I'm, I'm doing well. Now, we were we were supposed to uh, talk a little bit about your brewery uh, last week, but you were feeling a little bit under the weather. Are you feeling okay now? I'm better. I, uh, I had uh, bronchitis, so... The longer I talk, it, it kind of comes back a little bit. But um, okay, well, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep I, I this short. I feel great. <laughs> I may not sound great for the whole interview, but I feel great. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that that's good at least. Well, we'll we'll try to we'll we'll keep the questions brief. Um, so the the brewery, the backroom brewery, is is located on uh, Sunflower Cottage Farm. Can you tell us a little bit about Sunflower Cottage Farm? Sunflower Cottage is a herb farm. And we are located outside of Middletown. It's um, it's on Reliance Road, and that's a, a, a Virginia Scenic Vista route. Um, and there are farm, farms all up and down the road. We're a herb farm. We grow the potted herb plants for the garden center trade, primarily um, culinary herbs. And uh, obviously hops are the herb that flavors beer, so it was a natural for us to um, begin to grow hops, and we have a, a lovely hop field growing on our farm now, which we use to flavor our beer. Um, the, the herb farm has been around for 10 years, and our brewery is two years old. At what, at what point did you begin growing hops? We uh, cleared our field and prepared for the hop planting in the fall of 2012. We planted our first hops in March of 2013, and we had our first harvest in August of 2013. Okay. Now, was there any kind of like eureka moment that inspired you to grow hops? I mean, I know I know you said it was a pretty natural progression to eventually grow hops, and that makes sense, but I didn't know if there was a like a one moment that you realized, oh, let's start growing hops. Yeah, it was uh, actually a, a eureka moment, and I'm not sure what what triggered it, um, but um, our property had previously been a vineyard, and the owner, um, I guess, lost all the grapes and wanted to sell the property, and and the um, the vineyard structure was still on the property when we bought it, so we hemmed and hawed about replanting the grapes for years, and I just, I never wanted to do that because grapes are so... Um, High maintenance mm-hmm. and lots of lots of spraying, which is bad for the environment, and and uh, so I I just didn't do that. I cleared the the uh, the vineyard structure and, and put up greenhouses. 
And uh, at one point in time in the late summer of 2012, I really did have just that eureka moment where I said, wait a minute, hops are herbs. We're a herb farm. What has taken me so long to come to this? <laughs> and and did, was it a... How, how big was the... Um, what was the uh, hop um, portion of the farm at first compared to what it is now? Has it changed at all? Um, it hasn't changed a lot. We, we initially planted um, a third of an acre, and we, we got a real nice yield of, of fresh hops uh, that first year, and every year since we, we get 200, 250 pounds off of our, off of our um, hop field. We have added um, some maples, around the property for um, interest but we we've not uh, we've not planted more hops quite yet how, how we've difficult been, we've been busy building a brewery oh yeah yeah and absolutely and we'll, we'll get to that in a moment but exactly because you know it's, it's it's an interesting subject and I, I never really get to talk about it so how difficult is it for somebody to grow hops I mean can can anybody do it I mean what, what how much time does it require well yeah anybody can do it there it's a very uh, rugged uh, plant and it's a, a very beautiful plant. Um, anyone can plant a hop rhizome and grow it for the beauty of it. And if they're a home brewer, they can get enough fresh hops off of one uh, vine for um, a home brew small batch. So yeah, it's they're they're pretty easy to grow. Um, you need to choose a variety that's uh, well suited for wherever you live in the country. Um, we chose Cascade. And uh, they've done excellent for us. We we planted um, 550 rhizomes the first year, and we've we've planted another probably 200 since then. So hmm. we're 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 approaching um, you know 800, and, and and we are growing. We are adding more hot plants, but we're just not adding to the space that we're we're using. So it's um, you know it's a little bit harder to do that many. Um, of course, that's that's small by by standards if sure. you compare us to other to other hop farms. But um, you know the more you plant, the the harder it is to maintain it. The more work it is. Sure, and and, and that makes sense. Um, is are are there other uh, hop farms in in Virginia? There are lots of people growing hops in Virginia. As a matter of fact, it's. Um, our governor has really, um, and the governor before him, has, has really uh, demonstrated a, a, a tremendous amount of support for growing hops in Virginia and for craft breweries uh, being started in Virginia. So, there, you know, there are a lot of, of um, uh, people who own farmland that are looking for uh, alternative crops, and they've chosen to put in hops. And they're doing great. They're doing a great job with the hops. I can think of two that are very close. Actually, three that are very, very close to me. And um, and we have a hop growers guild that uh, encompasses the, the entire state. And so I guess the answer to your question is yes. It's uh, it's a crop that's coming back to Virginia. Yeah, and that makes sense. And you say and you say coming back. Does that mean that I mean I, George Washington was growing hops, right? Correct. And Thomas Jefferson and. And uh, yeah, so it's it was a crop that uh, was grown in Virginia. Oh gee, I guess as far back as the as the 1600s, 1700s, um, it uh, it's it, it floundered 
with our humidity and our and our um, tests, um, and the and the industry pretty much moved to New York State, hmm. um, and from New York State it moved out west. We we have this um, you know eastern humidity and and high temperatures and and you know it's been a it's been a problem for us uh, until recent years where our our Virginia Tech uh, is. University is working now with us to come up with um, hop growing practices hmm. and perhaps even a perhaps even a hybridized hop that that is uh, well suited for Virginia. That, that's that's cool. I, I wish I knew more about hops, and that's something I really should study up uh, more on. Um, now. See, I think I think you have a really interesting story because what happens is a lot of breweries, you know, they they build a brewery and then they make, start making their beer and they're like, oh well, we're in a good region to start growing hops, so why don't we just do that while we're here? You kind of took the opposite approach. You started growing hops and then you decided to open a brewery. So how did that decision come along? Well, I guess when we planted the hops, we knew that um, we were on the path towards uh, building a brewery. Um, that was our first. Um, that was our first step. We're a farm. Um, it's it's a natural for us to 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 grow crops, and this was the crop that we wanted to grow. But we knew it, it, we knew to begin with that we wanted to open a brewery. At that time, um, breweries were not allowed um, on agricultural land. They weren't allowed on farms. So we had to start that process, and we did. Um, by approaching our uh, county zoning department and our board of supervisors and, and, and petitioning them to write an ordinance just for us. Wow. Which they did. It, it, it was a process that we went through. It was a series of, first we had, to, we had to petition them to write the ordinance, which was a series of meetings and public hearings. And then we had to apply for the permit that they had created for us. And then there was more meetings and more public hearings, but you know we 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 were inspired, so we we went through with it, and it turned out very well for us. Now, the state of Virginia has um, declared that. Oh, I can't say they they declared. They've written a bill sure. which has passed and uh, made it uh, possible for farm breweries to exist all across the state, but. We feel like we were the first because we went right to our county and asked them to do it for us before the state was even thinking about it. That, that's great. You started a trend. Can you can you describe your, your brewery a little bit for us? Well, it's a farm brewery. We're we're situated on 40 acres out here in the uh, Shenandoah River Valley. Um, it's very uh, scenic and um, uh, it's it's a small brewery. It's um, it's attached to a small tasting room, but we're growing, and we've been in existence, well, we, we, I guess we brewed our first, what we think of as a large batch in uh, June of 2014, and uh, so we're about two years old. We do, we do a lot of uh, creative recipes, and we have 23, 24, 20, 26 recipes approved by the state. We use a lot of our own fresh cut uh, herbs like um, sweet basil and red basil and cilantro. We use these herbs as well, of course, as our hops. Mm -hmm. 
and our recipes, and we feel like we're not just craft brewing, but we're artisan brewing. Yeah, I, I feel like that as well. I mean, you're getting really quite unique with the with the herbs and the resources resources that you have available. Um, do you? We have a you know we have a portfolio of the of the you know the the more popular crowd pleasing uh, beers as well, and uh, we we think we're we think we're doing it right, but uh, we also have a lot of artisan beers. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, for the for the hops that you grow are they only going into your brewery? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure how much you're yielding with with uh, a third of an acre, but do you have enough to, to go around to other breweries that request them, or is it just for you all? We we would be happy to share if uh, another brewery were, was to approach us and ask for hops. Um, it we do have enough um, hop farmers in the area who do not own breweries um, who are taking care of. Uh, the other breweries who want the fresh hops. So, I mean, we are we are using 90% of our own fresh hops. Um, sure. Um, we would care if we if someone if someone asked if someone were to approach us and say, hey, we want some of your hops. We'd say, of course. Yeah. Now you mentioned all these different types of beers uh, that you have. Um, and I've read that Groot is going to be fe- uh, featured at the Virginia Herb Festival, and, and we'll talk about the festival in, in a minute. But I want to talk about Groot for a second. Can you can you describe that drink for us for those that might not know? Well, Groot is an ancient it's an ancient beer, and it it's a beer that was brewed before we even knew about hops. So other other herbs and uh, uh, plants were used to bitter the beer before we knew about hops. Um, uh, bla- uh, herbs like uh, wild rosemary and yarrow and, and juniper um, were used in this ancient ancient beer, and uh, fruits and vegetables were also also used to flavor the beers. So that's what a gruit is. It um, it really goes back to ancient times. Do you do you know the the story about you know how hops became popular? Um, you know, I think there are several different stories. Um, but the one that I am familiar with involves um, St. Hildegard. She was a herbalist in the um, medieval days, and she discovered that um, well, she was using hops for medicinal purposes, mm-hmm. teas and tinctures and, you know, dream pillows, and, and, and knew that it was... Um, knew that it was a wonderful herb for uh, helping helping us relax and sleep and and through her experimental um, use of the of the plant she learned that um, recipes prepared with hops uh, lasted longer in other words they it was hops she learned that hops was a good preservative yeah so when she made her gruits with hops the beer lasted longer yeah, there, there's. And, it was, and obviously, it was a great combination. It's, it's a wonderful bittering agent to offset the sweet maltiness of the of the grains. Yeah, and, and like you said, there there's a lot of different stories out there, and you know, I've read uh, that you know the first mention of hops being used in beer might have been by you know a monk in a journal in, in the 800s. Um, and then there's the other story about you know it was part of the kind of part of the Reformation movement and. and Tied to the German purity laws with Martin Luther, and I guess there was there was a monopoly on um, herbs at the time used in in Gruet maybe, and and um, as part of the Reformation, um, 
Martin Luther wanted to talk, wanted to have, you know, well, we don't want to go to the monasteries for Groot. Let's make beer something with hops in it only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm familiar with that. And like I said, and, and you said, I think there are a number of different stories. Um, I'm not sure if hops were used as long ago as the year 800, but uh, it's interesting to, to consider that. Yeah. It certainly became more more widespread in in the thirteen uh, hundreds, the you know the Middle Ages. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it was it was used as a preservative at first and a good taste and a good tasting agent. Um, what what challenges are you facing right now, as both as a farm and a brewery? Well, growing pains. You know, we we continue to grow. There's there's more and more demand for the beer. It's very popular. Uh, we started with a small system, knowing that we'd outgrow it, and um, and we are already after two years. So our issues are good issues, um, and I think pretty typical issues. I think that uh, a lot of breweries will tell you the very same thing that um, you know they just they just can't brew enough beer to to um, make everybody happy. Sure. Are, and you and you mentioned that you're you're part of a of an alliance or a guild of sorts with the other. Uh, hop farmers in Virginia. Are there any problems that they're facing? Is are you know is a is a hop farms in general that they're having to overcome? Well, I think um, I think if there if there was a problem, I, I really wouldn't call it a problem. Maybe a challenge is a, is sure. a good word. Yeah, challenge. Maybe use, use that word. And I think the the challenge is for for us to educate our uh, craft brewery friends. Um, on the uh, the usage of the fresh hops, that's really the, the you know the the very best way and, and the only way that a hop farmer in Virginia can make money selling hops. Um, most of the most of the recipes call for um, pelletized hops, and uh, and the fresh hops are you know you have to extrapolate the, the ABVs and you have to, to change your recipes around and you have to mess up your equipment a little bit and. You know, there's been um, maybe some reluctance on the part of the breweries just because there's another learning curve with using the fresh hops, but that's changing, and uh, and, and it's changing quickly. So uh, if I had to say that there was any one, you know, challenge, I would say that's probably what it is. And then, of course, the hops have to be picked, and they have to be delivered to the brewery the same day, and the brewery has to be ready to receive them. The boil kettle is rolling. Hmm. You know, so there's there's a good bit of um, coordination between a, a hop farmer and and the brewery they're selling their hops to, but uh, but the the upside is is that they can't they can't get fresh hops from uh, the Yakima Valley. You know, by the time they travel across the country, they're not fresh anymore. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, <laughs> and, and they I can think get that the is dried kind, but they can't get the you know. They can only get the fresh hops from from farms nearby. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about Groot being featured at the Virginia Herb Festival. So what what exactly is the Virginia Herb Festival, and, and when is it? The it's uh, it, it's this weekend. It's it's our festival. We've we've been putting this festival on for this is our eighth year. Um, it's really fun. It's it's always been all about the herbs. Um, we we have uh, our end of season. Uh, herb sale that's open to the public. Everything that we did not sell to 
the trade is available for the public to purchase and, and take home and put in their garden. Everything's on sale. Um, we have local crafters and vendors here, people who sell herbal products um, and, and other, you know, gardening products as well, um, tools and, and um, uh, kitchen equipment and, and kitchen tools. It's, a, it's, a, it's grown into a sort of a foodie event as well. Um, and we do um, all day long free programs and chef demonstrations and there's live music and and uh, it's fun just to spend the afternoon or the day here on the farm. It's, it's just a very pleasant place to be. People enjoy it. And, of course, now even more with the craft beer on site. Yeah. Um, we're doing, for the first time, our herbal beer and Gruet um, experimental batch tasting. Hmm. And our brewers have been working really all through the winter in uh, creating these recipes for our customers to have a taste of and vote on. They will actually vote. They will receive a, a sample of 12 different beers and they'll vote on their top three favorites. Hmm. And that will help us decide what we want to bring into, into the larger scale production next. I like it, leave it, leave it up to the people. Yeah, we want, to, we want to make it fun. Everybody wants to participate. We like to hear what our customers think anyway. And uh, so this is fun. And, and at the end of the, um, after they taste, they'll vote. They'll cast their ballot in a little ballot box, and they'll get a sticker to, to wear around that says, I voted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, you got to have the sticker, otherwise it's not fun. got to have the sticker, I voted. <laughs> but uh, some of the recipes that we're, that we're debuting are um, our lavender honey blonde, mm. our hibiscus saison, a jasmine pale ale, uh, lemon drop pepper ale, uh, chamomile wheat, oregano pale. We did a peppermint oatmeal stout. Oh man! And the list goes on. Um, we we did a uh, a Belgian single with nasturtium and arugula. <laughs> so goodness. you know, really fun. They're they're all good, and but everyone will have you know their own personal favorites, and we'll get to hear all about it. Yeah, and th those are all very unique, and like you said, there's there's definitely an, an artisan um, cr uh, artisan craft to it. So yes. that that's great. Uh, June 11th and 12th. Um, mm -hmm. So if people want to go visit the brewery, you know, m maybe just uh, on another weekend, what what are your hours there? Uh, we're here from 11 till 9 every day. Excellent. Where are you located? Our address is 150. That's 150 Ridgemont Road, Middletown. Virginia, and like I said, the, we're on a farm out in, in the um, in the country. It's just that the Middletown Post Office drives sure. out here and delivers our mail. <laughs> sure. Well, I really thank you for your time and talking to us a little bit more about your your farm and what you're doing there. Oh, it was a pleasure. Um, especially because, like I like I said, I know you're you're not necessarily um, feeling too well, or or rather maybe the you. you... I feel great. I'm just. Yeah. A little raspy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you sound fine, to be honest. So it, it's gonna it's thank gonna you. be great. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for asking me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Excellent. Yeah. Have have a good weekend and good luck with the festival. Thank you. All right. Now we're gonna head up to Munster, Indiana. I am joined by Nick Floyd. He is representing one third of the Three Floyds Brewing Company. Uh, the president and co-founder. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Thank, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, so I guess let's uh, 
let's go back to 1996, where, where you and your, your brother Simon and, and your father Mike, um, you decided to open Three Floyds. But what were you doing before then? Uh, well, I was professionally brewing. I brewed in Florida at the Florida Brewery. Um, the first beforehand, I went to the Siebel Institute when I was 21. I took what brewing courses I could. Um, then I decided to brew professionally and brewed in Florida. Um, before I opened Three Floyds, brewing Fall Staff, Gator Lager, uh, ABC Lager, and stuff like that. Um, then I brewed for Golden Prairie in Chicago, uh, the Vine Keller in the Chicago area, and then I was 25 when I opened Three Floyds. Excellent. Oh man, I'm, I got I got about a year left before I can open my own brewery. Um, so, so what 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 really inspired you to open, or rather, to get into brewing? Because I mean, it seems like you started at a pretty early age and you wanted to take it seriously, so you went to school for it and and you you got your foot in the door everywhere. So what really inspired that? Um, well, probably the best advice I ever got was you got to do something you love. So, um, spend years in a job you hate. Uh, it's not fun. Um, so that's 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 more trying to open our own, instead of making other people rich. But it was, it's a hard road, yeah, especially I, in the '90s in Chicago. Yeah, I, I understand. So, okay, let's go up to the '90s then, where where you decide to open Three Floyds. How did that uh, decision come about, and what inspired you to do that? Uh, my dad had some capital which he put in, so. Um, I got a five-barrel brew house. Uh, we opened in Hammond, Indiana, because 5,000 square feet was 500 bucks a month, oh, as yeah. opposed to Chicago, which probably would have been 5,000 or 10,000 bucks a month. So we opened in Hammond. Um, caveman system, Canfields, Tola, hot water tank, open Swiss cheese for runners. Um, and just started making open fermented uh, relay basically for Chicago and Northwestern Indiana. Okay, yeah, and, and did you have any initial problems starting up at all? Yeah, there's tons. <laughs> we had to cut in our own floor drains and um, all that kind of stuff, so, so it was a labor to get ready. It was an old garage, so. How, so how long how long did it take for you to, you know, kind of get comfortable and think, okay, now now we got this, this will be fine? Uh, I'd take easily a year or two for sure. <laughs> okay, so so you had spent you know twenty four months thinking, uh, am I going to be open tomorrow? Is that it? Uh, yeah, because I was working in other breweries and one guy fired me. So. Oh, <laughs> all right. And there's a lot of in between. Like, should I stay on here or go full time? So a lot of uh, tossing and turning. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And and how did and how did your brother Simon get involved? Uh, he just joined and helped. <laughs> okay, so he wasn't really was he wasn't really brewing or anything before then, or was he? No, I was the only brewer, but they definitely helped. My brother helped with sales early on. Well, man, put in some capital, so that greatly helped. I could have done it without their help. So, all right. So you mentioned that you opened in Hammond. Um, you know, a few years later, you you just uh, decided to move locations, and so you you opened up a new brewery down the road, really, just five minutes away in in Munster, Indiana, I believe. Yeah, we're outgrowing. I had a location, and uh, the roof wasn't so high in Hammond, no room to grow, so we found a place in Munster, yeah. um, a few miles south. 
And can, can you can you describe that brewery at all in Munster? Yeah, that's the one we currently are in. Um, it was a Don Foods um, Bakery Supply Warehouse at nine seven five zero Indiana Parkway. Um, we took it over and rented half to our space to a food company, and we put in a new JV Northwest, uh, well, used JV Northwest 15 barrel system, and unit tank fermenters and more modern equipment around 1999-2000. Okay, so it only took a few years for you to realize, okay, we're we're actually kind of growing a little bit more, and now we gotta, gotta expand and get some more room to grow, essentially. Correct. Yeah. So did so you found uh, you found that much success in your f- first few years to warrant a change like that? Uh yeah. I mean, it's not that we made any money. It's if you're under ten thousand barrels, you're just kind of treading water. If you're not a brew pub. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You start with a brew pub, you make way more money per barrel, of course. Um, but we just had three, four employees, so you have to get a certain economy of scale to become profitable. Okay, so at what at what point? Let's, let's talk about Dark Lord a little bit. At, at what point was that made, and, and how did that come about? Um, a neighboring brewery kept winning awards for their Russian Imperial Stout, so we're tired of hearing about that. <laughs> um, we make made big beers at the time, like Dreadnought, Double IPA, and uh, Behemoth Barley Wine, so. We made a four-barrel batch in our R2D2 yeast tank, and you know it was 2000, end of 2002, beginning of 2003, and then that's when Rate Beer and Beer Advocate were starting to get big, or well known, and a lot of raiders on that kind of fueled the Dark Lord craze back then. Okay, so so that, I guess that was kind of my my next question. I was wondering about the evolution of Dark Lord and kind of the craze behind it. Um, yeah, I think 2004 we finally bottled it. Me and my dad bottled it, I think, on a Sunday night. We had like 70 cases, and that sold out pretty quickly in one day, or one and a half days. My then the next year there were hundreds of people, and we sold like, I don't know, 150 or 170 cases. In 2005, you know started to become Dark Lord with, you know, over thousands of people just showing up and clogging traffic in the monster. So it almost becomes kind of mythical at some point, doesn't it? The what? It, it almost becomes kind of mythical at some point, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> and if you read forums and stuff, uh, yeah, it can, yeah. Does, it, sure. d- does, that, does that, you know... Does that frustrate you at all? I mean, I know it's, it's obviously good for business, but I guess... You know, just just people just being, oh, you know, this is this is the best beer ever. Let's line up in thousands uh, to get this just for this one day. Yeah, it's cool, uh, but also as a gathering of beer geeks and um, homebrewers to meet others from across the country and the world and do you know bottle exchanges. So that became another big part of Dark Lord. Um, we don't mind if there's other beer there it's, it's, you know for all beer yeah yeah that as long as there's a gathering of people so it's kind of a um it's it's the reason to go but it's not the only reason to go um, yeah and now there's music and all kinds of other stuff added so yeah i mean it's it's a whole festival i mean uh, at what 
I mean, I guess my question is, um, do you have people that kind of are snobbish about it? Or like, oh, you know, man, 2015 were, was so much better than 2016, or, you know, they go down the... Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. Or they all remember when there were no tickets, but there was no organization then, so it was very chaotic. <laughs> man, okay. Um, well, so you mentioned that um, uh, the one... Uh, na- neighboring brewery that did the, uh, the the certain beer that inspired Dark Lord. Um, so it's on this on the same um, level of Indiana breweries. What would you say is the most underrated brewery in the state of Indiana? Currently? Jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, there's like eighty. I think. Do you know how many there are now? There, there, there's quite a few, and I don't know exactly. I know it's hard to keep. <laughs> I've heard there's a hundred. I think it was around a hundred. Does any uh, does anything pop like pop to your head? Is let me take a look. Make sure I'm not screwing anything up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one in Dyer's probably underrated. I think is that what they called? Is it Windmill Brewing? Yeah. What, sorry. Uh, Windmill Brewing. Windmill Brewing, okay. Uh, everyone knows 18th Street. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, new Overf- Overfall is good. That's out in... Where is that, Alto? Yeah, I think so. Alto? Yeah. Okay, excellent. So you, so you got a couple on your list there that you've, that you've had in mind. I don't know. That, that's a question that I've always, like, you know, wondered about. Oh, uh, Overfalls is in Griffith. Sorry. Griffith. Screw that up. Griffith, okay. <laughs> now, okay, now let's 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 do this question then. Um, yeah. Outside of Indiana, what two states? What two states are making the best beer? Oh boy! I'll just say America is. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I look at the World Beer Cup. You know, it changes all the time. Um, Indiana won seven or eight, I think, this year. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about this? Just make well, there's probably California and then the others, you know, other states. Okay, um, so so California is one. Canada do pretty well. I mean, India does pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I was, I guess I was really Ohio, just wondering. Okay, over ten percent beer, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's kind of you're going to see a lot of changes with that. Actually, so you yeah. see like fat heads making really good high gravity stuff. No, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do do you anticipate? Ohio now to, to um, I mean, obviously it's going to grow in, in, in some way, but I'm just wondering how much you anticipate it to grow. Well, everything is growing. I mean, till, I think till each state gets up to Oregon levels of microbrew saturation, which is, uh, you know, Portland is somewhere 60 to 70% microbrew, so the Midwest is a long way to go. I think India is still below 10 Illinois is probably still below 10 or around 11%. So. Right. I'm sure Ohio's underneath that. So, so you know, in general, micros get up to that kind of saturation where four out of 10 people are drinking microbrews. There's a lot of room to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. We're still waiting on 60% or so. Um, what beer style do you just kind of just not get into at all? Uh, jeez. <laughs> I don't like all beer. Um, Jesus, that's a tough one. Um, like no- nothing that oh, just kind of makes you scratch uh, your head? 
try uh, Roush beer. <laughs> Roush beer, okay. I like it, but I can only drink one. Okay, that see that that's that's what I'm trying to get at. That's what that's. I've been to Bamberg. I love it, but I can only drink one of them. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there anything as is it as a brewer that's just so difficult to make or like maybe just so annoying to make that you just don't bother with it or maybe like in in your past you just didn't want to get into it no nothing's too big (laughs) you know everything takes time and it's handcrafted that's the way it goes um we have berliner weiss and you know flander sour beer aging in floaters here next to my office for over a year so nothing's too big of a challenge for I think for us at least, and hopefully most micro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I, I know you're pretty busy, so I'll let you go here in just a minute. Just one more question. Um, does does Three Floyds have any you know future plans or events coming up that you'd like us to know about? Uh, we're opening a distillery, which will hopefully start cranking in a month or two. Um, we'll be doing a War Pigs tap takeover, Three Floyds. That's our joint brew pub we have in Copenhagen, Denmark, with Nee Keller. Hmm. It's called War Pigs. So we're going to have a ton of War Pigs on tap takeover here at Three Floyd soon. Um, and a lot of collaborations coming up that we're working on. Can you, can you say with who? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's, a, what's a lot, though? Sorry, what? what? What is a lot? How many How many breweries are you doing a collaboration with? Um, well, a few bands, like Skeleton Witch is mostly in Indiana, Illinois, heavy metal band, um, doing a beer with them, um, some European breweries we're going to be working with, doing some collaborations with them, um, probably a few Indiana collaborations and some more Chicago area Excellent. breweries, so. All right. Um, yeah. does, does your brewery have tours or what, what are their hours? Um, our brew pubs open every day, but we do tours on Saturdays, like from, I think, 11 a.m. or noon till about 5 p.m. Awesome. Nick, thank and you. And Carl gives our tours. He's a veteran brewer. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that, that's always good to have when somebody who actually knows what they're talking about gives a, gives a tour. I, I yep. always appreciate that. Um, Nick, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. Um, sure. it's, it's always good to know more about Indiana breweries. Um, it's, it's very good, actually. I, I grew up in New Albany in southern and Indiana, so... I'm considered a Chicagoan that just brews in Indiana. <laughs> the went down state. But we are an Indiana brewery. I mean, we're brewed monster Indiana. <laughs> More than fair. Nick, have a great week. Cool. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Yeah.